This episode is sponsored by KAS Academics. Find private tutoring and online courses, including a free one that I did about mastering LinkedIn on kasacademics.com. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of The Student Space. The Student Space is a podcast for high school students about high school, life after school and how to navigate into adulthood. In this episode, I'm joined by Bella, who has completed a Bachelor of Arts and a Master's of Secondary Teaching, both at the University of Melbourne. We discuss exactly what she learns in arts and what career options are available to her, and we do a deep dive into her teaching degree, what placement is like, and what she's currently doing now as a first-year graduate teacher. Enjoy! I'd like to begin by respectfully acknowledging the Wurundjeri people of the Kulon Nation, who are the traditional custodians on this land on which this podcast is recorded on. I pay my respects to the Elders past, present and emerging and extend that respect to any Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people who may be listening to this podcast. So let's start off. Bella, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you wanted to be or do when you were younger. Sure. So I'm Bella. And when I was younger, to be honest, I wanted to be a teacher for a while. Really? At the start of high school. Um, But then by the end of year 12, I was like, oh my gosh, I've had enough school. I'm not coming back here. Um, And I'd actually done this careers assessment, which had suggested organisational psychology. And I hadn't really even heard of that. Um, when I was at school, but it was kind of like psychology and businesses. And I knew I really liked business management. So I thought I might work in that area. And then I knew I wanted to go to Melbourne Uni as well, which was really good because I didn't have that pressure of deciding on a career early because of the Melbourne model. So you do a general undergraduate degree. So something like arts, science, music, etc., And then you specialize in masters. So I knew that I had a few years to kind of decide. Obviously you have to make some decisions during your undergrad because that affects what you can do later, depending on your major and that sort of thing. Um, but I knew like, okay, I want to major in psychology because I love psychology. And I knew that it opened up opportunities for so many different careers. Like you don't necessarily have to go and be a psychologist. Like I knew I didn't want to do that. Um, But there's obviously organisational psychology, sports psychology, educational psychology, like the list goes on. Um, And then also in the arts, I could look at subjects like media, communications, marketing. Um, And so I started thinking about like lots of different careers. I went, I was thinking about doing law for a while. I was going to do the JD after my arts degree. And then I was thinking about working in like public relations. I did an internship in public relations, communications, um, which is actually where I ended up working straight after my degree. Um, And I also had thoughts about continuing and studying like as an academic um, and continuing with French. So I kind of went all over the place. I love how there's so many (laughs) options and this is so great to start the episode with because it's so nice that in year 11 and year 12, you might have an idea that you want to do teaching or psychologist or whatever, but look at all these things that you've named off and all the experience, like this is what it's all about. It's just so great. Yeah, exactly. And like, I think, you know, I think it's very rare that someone knows exactly what they want to do at the end of year 12 like even in year 12 I was like I don't have time to think about careers like I got study to do Um, so yeah like it's 
good to have that flexibility. But basically I ended up, because I did an internship in public relations communications um, and also did a bit of content marketing as well because the place where I worked had an in-house content marketing agency. So I worked there for an internship and they said, would you like to continue working with us like one day a week? And I said, yeah, absolutely. Um, So I continued doing that. And then at the end of my degree, they offered me a full-time position and I was like, oh, cool. I wasn't really expecting this, but that's awesome. So that's what I did. Um, And I really enjoyed it, but I kind of was thinking about teaching that whole time. And I was like, you know, I really like this career path, but I just feel like I have this feeling that I'm going to love teaching and I'd like to study it and see how I go. Um, And then the thing is, like, once you've done a master's, you can always go back. Like, I thought I could go back to um, public relations, communications if I wanted to. Um, But as it is, I've ended up starting to work in teaching now. So that's kind of how I got to the path where I am now. Love it. That is such a nice journey because you've done so much. It's been very varied, I think. It's a good thing about studying arts, I think, is that you can really explore so many different areas definitely and we will talk about that a bit later but firstly take me back to the decision when you're in high school that you had your heart set on Melbourne Uni how did you decide that that's the uni that you wanted to go to yeah well I knew of its reputation of course like I think it was probably in year nine I started hearing a bit about universities and I knew that it was like the number one uni in Australia and so I was like oh you know that would be great to go the number one uni um and then when I was in year 10 I saw a poster up at school for the Kwong Lee Dow Young Scholars Program which is at Melbourne Uni so basically it's like you are involved with the uni in like year 11 and 12 and so you get to come for events and like lectures and that sort of thing um which I thought sounded really cool that's amazing yeah and so I like went straight to the coordinator's office and I was like because it said your school was going to nominate people but I literally like had the post I like walked in there I was like can you please nominate me <laughs> and, and for anyone listening can you please do that can you please annoy your careers counselors your principals whatever can you please put yourself forward for these like awesome opportunities yeah. so tell me what kind of things did you do with that like what was it the Kwong Ling Dao scholarship yeah yeah so um you can actually use it like I think it was money you could use to do exchange which I didn't end up doing because with psychology it was a little bit hard to do exchange um and because I had work here in Australia like in the PR firm and stuff I didn't end up um but you did have some you could use some money to study overseas as well which is an amazing opportunity um and you get to do these events in year 11 and 12 and one thing that I really remember was like they had a celebration evening at the end of year 12 so like I think it was maybe a couple of days after the ATARs were released and you got to go to Melbourne Uni and have this celebration evening and there was like food and they had like a photo booth and stuff um, and then you also had like lectures as well so things on like studying and there were also like different things you could sign up for like case competitions and that sort of thing so I think it's a great way to be involved with the university throughout your time at school um, and also like you get to visit the campus and that's something that really like sold me on Melbourne Uni was like it's so like you just get a nice vibe because we did a few different uni visits with school we didn't go to Melbourne but we went to I think Monash and RMIT and like nothing really compared to the vibe that I got at Melbourne Uni which like I can't really explain it but it just felt like I belonged there it felt right for you yeah yeah exactly exactly cool and so had you not gotten into Melbourne Uni did you have a backup option 
Yeah, I did. I was thinking of, I think my second preference, just going back a long time, like seven years now, um, <laughs> I think my second preference might have been... Or would you have done a different course at the uni? Yeah, well, actually, I just was thinking of art at yep. Melbourne because I w- had been sort of thinking, oh, maybe science, but I decided I didn't want to do maths methods. So yep, fair I enough. arts. Um, I think my second choice was actually public relations at RMIT because I'd heard really good things about that program um, and actually my future boss had like lectured in that program so um yeah so it was like like a really good um program there and I think I also did I did have teaching there as well at Monash I think I put down um but as I said I kind of wasn't really set on teaching by the end of the year and some other things I had I think I had like journalism at Swinburne so I had like a huge variety of courses and universities. Um, But yeah, I think I was kind of in a bit of a rush in my careers and maybe just chucked a few on the end that... (laughs) As we do. Hey, we pay for like the VTAC fee. There are 12 (laughs) options or whatever amount there is. So we're just going to fill them up and you might as well. There's no harm in putting like you shouldn't put one or two put or 12. Make them all random. Yeah, exactly. And like... I was pretty confident I would get into Melbourne Uni Arts. That was actually another thing as well, um, part of the Young Scholars Program. I went to an underrepresented school at the time, which means I think it's like it's a certain percentage of less than a certain percentage go to Melbourne Uni. You're um, classified as an underrepresented school. And so there's lots of different um, areas you could be eligible for this, but the entry requirement was actually reduced. So you could... If you got a 95, you get guaranteed entry into whatever Melbourne Uni course you wanted as part of this program, um, just providing you met the subject requirements and that sort of thing. Like, even though I did end up getting like over 95, I couldn't do biomedicine because I didn't do chemistry or whatever um, the requirement was. But and for underrepresented schools and for some other different areas, um, it was 90. So I knew if I got a 90, I was guaranteed entry into Melbourne Uni, no matter what the ATAR requirement was. Um, yeah, so I knew I had like that 90 is like a safeguard. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Definitely look into the Young Scholars Program for anyone listening. I don't know when the applications are out. You may have missed it, but whatever the case is, look it up and put the date in your diary for next year to apply. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm, I hope it's still running. Like, I think it should Let be. Let me Google it right now. Let's do a live. Uh, oh, no, it, everyone, it still exists. Don't oh, worry. Um, <laughs> it's all good. Okay. Um, what I wanted to ask you was tell me about your bachelor's degree on your first, you know, your first day, your first week, pretty much like the first year or your first experiences. Like, how was the transition from high school to university? Yeah, well, obviously very, very different high school and uni, especially for me, like I live like really far from the city. So it was just a big deal, like traveling into the city every day. Well, actually I went to uni nearly every day, four days a week. Um, So that was kind of big in itself. And just the different structure. I think by the time you're at the end of um, high school, like you kind of know everyone, you know where you're going and that sort of thing. And at uni, it's just so much new stuff to learn. But In my first year, I didn't put too much pressure on myself academically. I was like, you know, I might just scrape by on a few things and that's okay because I'm still learning how uni works. And I'd recommend that to everyone. Like, I think for a lot of people, you might not necessarily get the same marks that you did at school, at high school, at the beginning as you learn how uni works. 
Um, but, you know, you can always build up and improve. And I was just really focused on, you know, being involved with different like volunteering things to meet people because um, I found it quite hard to... I guess meet people in arts because obviously one of the advantages of arts is that it's so varied but one of the disadvantages is like you could have one class with someone and then not have any more classes with them because you know they could be majoring in like politics or something and you just happen to do like a I don't know like a sociology elective together in first year so it's kind of hard to make friends just through classes like it is possible but I want to do volunteering and that sort of thing because I think trying to like establish a bit of a community is really important at the start of uni because it can be quite easy to you know just sort of be by yourself which some people prefer to do that and that's fine but like if you're like quite of a social person probably getting involved in those sorts of things but for me probably the biggest challenge was getting lost um I think we all get lost and even like (laughs) I can say in my master's which I'm completing at the same uni I did my undergrad so still at Melbourne uni I still get lost five years later. So don't worry. And there's also a really helpful app. It's called Lost on Campus. So if you do get lost, it will tell you like where to walk. And I still use it five years later. So don't worry. Yeah, I'm glad that's still around because that was like a lifesaver for me. Mm. Um, And it's really good too because you can like type in something like bathrooms and it shows you where the nearest bathroom is, which is really good because like uni campuses, I feel like, you know, you've got obviously the buildings and you've got like um, shops and stuff like boost juice it's like highlight of campus for me in undergrad yep. and like the libraries and stuff so yeah there's like a lot of new things to learn but there's also generally a lot of different workshops and things as well which I'd recommend looking into like how to research and stuff and you know what people don't know about it so me when I went and did my commerce undergrad I had no idea about these lectures and workshops and I had no idea I wish I had found yes. out yeah I didn't know either and I was like doing my first year philosophy stuff on philosophy.com I didn't even realize you could use google scholar like oh my gosh it's so bad um but you learn all these things with time um so I actually thought it was really good in our masters they actually had a session with us and they're like this is how you study um and not how you study how you research and I was like I wish I had that in undergrad so it wasn't on philosophy.com um it totally was there in undergrad (laughs) but I just didn't know about it yeah exactly yeah um but yeah I feel like going to uni is a huge learning curve but it is for everyone so like don't worry too much about things and like give yourself a bit of a break like you probably worked really hard in year 12 and you might still be a bit exhausted so you know just try and soak it all in um and learn as much as you can and I'd say probably focus on and it can be tempting to like focus on marks and grades and it's like oh you know what should I get out of 100 but really just focus on I think growing and um learning as much as you can and implementing feedback and that sort of thing because when you go for jobs after university like it is great to have good marks and everything but you really want to be talking about in an interview how you can apply these skills like how you researched how you time managed um all these different concepts you've learned about as well so um and you know different volunteering things you've done alongside your studies absolutely and so you did a Bachelor of Arts, like you mentioned, it's very broad. Any subjects that you did in VCE relate to anything that you studied in your undergrad? Yeah, well, I went and obviously my major was psychology, which I had studied in VCE. Um, and I didn't have a second major. I was thinking about doing media and communications, but I decided against it because I wasn't really like 
journalism focused, which is kind of weird because my dad started out as a journalist, but I was like not very interested in journalism. <laughs> um, and I thought, oh, I don't know if all these subjects would be for me. So I'd rather just pick and choose. Like I chose like the sort of more marketing style um, subjects. Um, and then I also did French as well. So instead of majoring in French, I ended up doing a diploma in French because the way it was structured was that I think it was through the government. They sponsor like the last couple of subjects that you do. So it worked out that I could do an arts degree and a diploma at no extra cost because I could cross credit a lot between arts and the diploma. Um, so I thought, well, why not get two qualifications um, for the price of one, which is kind of a very like simplistic financial yeah. way to look at university. But <laughs> the kind of the essence there is like, I have this amazing opportunity to like learn a language alongside my degree so I don't take that opportunity so I built on my French studies um, but that being said like if you want to study a language and you haven't studied it before you can start from the beginning at uni so like I know from French you would either start at level one three or five um, and it would just sort of depend on your experience in learning the language but of course like if you say start at level one in first year you do one and two the next year three and four five and six so by the end of your third year you know, you're with people that have been studying French like all of high school. So you catch up so quickly. So I guess that's another thing about uni is like it's very intensive, but you do get long holidays. So it's kind of like rather than a sustained marathon like year 12, it's more of like a couple of sprints, yep. really intense sprints. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and like it's no doubt Bachelor of Arts gets a really bad rap. People yeah. always say, oh, don't do art. That's so broad or you'll never get a job in arts. Like we've heard it all before why is this and like how can students really make the most out of their arts degrees yeah I know like I've if I had a dollar for every time I heard that I wouldn't even need a job um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like you hear that so much about arts degrees but I think what the kind of reason for that perception is that people have taken the fact that it is broad and turned it into a negative when in reality it's quite positive because just because there's no defined career you know, from a Bachelor of Arts. It's not like, for example, like say if you do like Bachelor of Education, you can be a teacher. Yep. It's not clear cut, but there's so many opportunities. So in arts that encompasses like psychology. So you could go on to be a psychologist. It encompasses like media communications. You could be a journalist. You could work in public relations, communications like I did. Um, actually quite a few people at the firm where I worked had a Bachelor of Arts from Melbourne U. Um, and they worked in communications. Um, you could also move into international relations. Um, oh, the list goes on. Like there's so many options. And I think people kind of think like, I don't know, like sometimes people say, oh, it's a bit wishy-washy or whatever. But I honestly found like the art subject so challenging. It's just new ways of thinking that you haven't really learned before. Because obviously in school, like a lot of it's exam-based. Um, and it's a very different style of learning and it's more, you know, argumentative and presenting essays and that sort of thing. Um, but that being said, you know, you can choose a lot of electives as well that are kind of aligned to your interests. Like I obviously did psychology, which is more sciencey because that's a major in arts and science. So you'd have, you'd be, it'd be a mix, like half of us in the psychology major were from science and half were from arts. Um, yeah, so and then you get to do breadth subjects at Melbourne Uni as well, which are can you tell me course. about the breadth subjects? So, like for example, I know at Melbourne Uni, and I'm sure this applies to all unis, but you can do subjects like 
totally outside your little area so you could do like yeah. african drumming you could do sport coaching you could do drama what's some of the ones that you did yeah i actually really wanted to do that african drumming one and then i think i missed the boat i missed out on it but um, <laughs> i did see so my first year the first one i did was principles of business law um that's a really popular one by the way for is. all the commerce students do that one yeah it's so i feel like it's so interesting and isn't it like a requirement for certain majors in oh i have no commerce? idea i think i remember hearing from like people who did commerce well no wonder that's probably why they all did it anyway <laughs> <laughs> i didn't realize but i did it as art so it was so interesting because i feel like business law is something that you're going to use because you'll probably be working in a business once you finish your degree so it's very useful um the next semester i wanted to kind of explore my interest in acting which i hadn't done drama at school like in bca and i found this subject called spontaneous drama improvisation and communities which was offered by the education faculty and i'm like that sounds very interesting i loved it so much fun um looking at improvisation so part of that was performance part of that was you know research um, other ones I did, what should I do in second year? Oh, I should mention because I did psychology that actually took up some of our breadth spots. So I didn't do as much as someone normally would. Um, try to remember what I did in second year now. Any education um, ones? The drama one? The drama one, yeah, yep. it was education. I did. And another one I did was drugs that shape society. So that was really interesting. It was like a mix of pharmacology and philosophy almost. So um, I found that very interesting content wise and it was really aligned to my style of learning as well. Um, for someone that did an arts degree, I don't really like essays very much. <laughs> um, that's all you did. That's all you wrote was essays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this subject like in my breath, like there was an exam, um, there was like multiple, oh, was there multiple choices? Like I know, like, yeah, quizzes um, and there was like a debate. Um, so that was really aligned in terms of my like study um, pathway as well. Um, yeah, and other ones I remember, there's like different like cinema ones. There's like, oh, I did a dance one in second year. That's what I did in second year, which was so fun. So we went to the Victorian College of the Arts. So I'd get the tram down there. Um, it was like on a Tuesday night and we did like four weeks hip hop, four weeks ballet, four weeks contemporary. Um, and we got to do like a little dance at the end. And that was open to like, obviously I had dance experience, but I was open to beginners as well. So that was like so much fun. Um, so yeah, just heaps of fun things you can do. Wow. Okay, so that's your whole arts degree. You've got a real breadth of experience there, which is awesome. But then at what point did you decide, at what point did you decide, oh, I actually want to do teaching now and I want to do my master's in secondary teaching? Talk me through. Yeah, well, I had applied for my secondary teaching um, degree in my last year of art. So for me, I did a four-year degree because I did my diploma as well so it took four years all up to do the diploma and the degree you can do it in three and a half but I just decided to have some semesters where I did three subjects instead of four and just do the four years and graduate at the end of the year um so I had signed up for that but then I ended up getting this job offer which I wasn't expecting and so I ended up taking that job offer but I just deferred my master's because I thought you know if I want to come back at least it's open rather than declining it and having to start again if I have like a change of heart um, and so I'd been enjoying working in public relations and stuff, but as I said, like, I felt like I was going to love teaching. And so that's what made me go back to study. Cause I thought, you know, like if it's not really for me after I've done my master's, I can go and work in communications again. Um, so it doesn't really hurt to have another qualification, but I found it a good way to 
kind of bring all my passions together. So obviously I've said I have an interest in acting. I've always liked public speaking um, and being really social. So that was like one of the reasons that I knew that even though I studied psychology, like maybe being a psychologist wasn't for me because I really like working in teams. So I knew that had to be part of it, um, which teaching is obviously very collaborative. Um, I love psychology. So I was going to be able to talk about psychology all day and get paid for it, which is pretty cool. Um, <laughs> and same with like French. Obviously, I really enjoy French as well um, and different subject areas. Um, and most importantly, like I feel like teaching, you can really just give to the community like it's just such a valuable profession like all jobs are valuable but you just really get that sense of value like you can help students achieve their best and you know like I did some dance teaching when I was younger like in high school myself I started um and I just loved it like I love teaching and sort of just I guess being able to share knowledge with people and like um create some fun activities so that's kind of why I decided to go into teaching Love it. And so can you give me a bit of an overview? What kind of things did you learn in the first year of your master's degree for teaching? Yeah, yeah. So you have two learning areas for secondary teaching. So mine were psychology and French, which actually comes under the languages umbrella. So you study, rather than looking at specifically how to teach French, I looked at how to teach languages. And it was in a class with people who studied all different languages, like from Latin, Chinese, um, Japanese, just a few of the ones that we had. And you do each semester, basically, there's four subjects that you do at uni. So you do one subject for your first learning area, one subject for your second learning area. So I would do learning area languages, learning area psychology. And you do one that's focused on clinical practice, which is teaching itself. So um, they're called like becoming a clinical practitioner. I think the first one, introduction to clinical practice was the first one. So that that's like where you cover things like behavior management, targeted teaching plans, um, making rubrics and that sort of thing. And then you do a subject on like the sociology of education. So um, that's obviously really important work to be doing. So looking at like the history um, and integrating Indigenous perspectives or Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander perspectives um, and that sort of thing. And then as well as that, you would do a fifth subject, which was your placement. So that counts as a subject. So, but how it's structured is obviously you're mainly at the school and then you do seminars as well. And you would do that for both semesters in first year. And for me, I did the accelerated version of the course. So I did electives early so I did them one in the middle of the year my first year and one at the start of my second year and then I had my last semester where we studied again one we looked yeah one kind of more on the sociology side of things like inclusive practice we looked at um in Inclusive literacy and numeracy. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to jump in. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, it was literally recently and I've already forgotten. It's gone in one ear, out the other, but that's <laughs> my, okay. <laughs> my brain's too exhausted from study. Um, and we also did our final, this is becoming a clinical practitioner, the last one we did. And instead of our learning area subjects, we did 
kind of like a self-study capstone so what we did was we all got to pick like a topic that we were interested in and we got an opportunity to really dive in and research that topic and uncover some type of findings and it really could be anything in education um, that we were interested in and pretty much what we did was presented like a paper or like a like a report which detailed like why we're interested in it why is it important how we're going to find our data type of thing and then Mm. present like what we found out about it what was your like final big report capstone on yeah well I was really interested in student motivation but then I started doing it and I was like wow this is like really vast like I'm not gonna be able to cover (laughs) everything um so I ended up narrowing it down to motivation in VCE psychology um which was really interesting very it's very linked to your learning area yeah exactly so that's kind of why I chose to look at psychology um because it has that link um in terms of you know integrating it with content as well which one of our um lecturers suggested to me that I could look at and I was like yeah that's such a good idea so that's what I looked at um and it was really interesting like doing a self-study I'd actually honestly never even heard of that before the subject but basically it involves like kind of using your own practice and it's something thing that teachers do like not even necessarily formally but probably informally a lot is they kind of look okay this is how I'm teaching this these are how the test results came out is this working what can I change um and it was great because I could draw on I drew on a lot of literature so like research that was out there but I also draw my own experiences so like when I taught psychology on placement like I would include little vignettes about what happened and my observations Um, And so it's really good to bring all that together. And I looked at it through self-determination theory, um, which looks at kind of three different areas of motivation. So autonomy, relatedness and competence and having a look at how I could increase student motivation through the lens of like those three themes. So it's really interesting, like huge amount of work, the Capstone Project. I'd recommend don't leave it to the last minute like I did. Um, (laughs) But yeah, really, really valuable. And great thing to talk about in interviews as well is like you can say, and actually I did in my interview for the job that I have, I mentioned that I'd done this project and, you know, how it's something you can bring to the school. Like you've got research findings about a specific area. So yeah. That's really smart. I'm actually going to take that on board myself. (laughs) But I wanted to talk a huge part of like any teaching degree is about placement. And I know you mentioned placement, but tell me about your experience so did you have to go find the school by yourself and like what kind of support did you have while you were on placement yeah yeah so I know at some unis you do have to sometimes organize your own placement or you can but at Melbourne we're actually not allowed to which is really good because it just takes a huge amount of pressure off like they organize it all for you um so that's really good like you don't have to worry about like finding a placement or anything like that um obviously in the time that we completed our degree it was during COVID so um like placement got cancelled and then well not cancelled but paused and restarted then, yeah some people went online like I didn't personally but mine got moved to the end of the year um so it was a bit moved around but it got to happen um and then in terms of support it was more than I was expecting like I kind of just had this idea like I was just gonna be there like whatever <laughs> on placement but you have like obviously your mentor teacher at the school who um you're paired up with and you kind of follow them around and like teach their classes and that sort of thing you can teach other people's classes like for example my last placement was in psychology but then the French teacher was like oh do you want to teach my year eight French class and I was like yeah okay <laughs> it's <laughs> so, quite flexible and like yeah. you get out what you put in so if you're putting yourself out there and on placement you say hey like I'm really interested in maths do you mind if I go and observe or team teach a maths class they would say absolutely because you're really like taking 
like the pressure of their stress of their that you're actually reducing their workload that's what I was meant to say yeah yeah and you also have like support from the university as well so at Melbourne we have what's called a clinical teaching specialist so they're the academic that like runs your seminars so I mentioned you have like seminars alongside placements so we like one every couple of weeks um, and they support you as well. So they like check in with your mentor teachers, how you're going and they check how you're going and they come and observe you as well. Um, like watch your lessons and that sort of thing. And then usually you're with at least one other person from the uni too. Um, or even if there's no one from your uni, like on my last placement, I started off just me from Melbourne uni. Um, another teacher candidate ended up coming to the school as well but for the first week I was there it was just me but there were a lot of other student teachers there from different unis um and so we all like got to club ray and talk and that sort of thing so it's definitely not like you're just thrown into a school and you have to go like you don't teach straight away either like you don't have to go and teach a lesson by yourself like you generally watch for the first week or first couple of weeks and then you start teaching maybe like a section of a lesson do team teaching and then work up to teaching your own lesson absolutely and that's great advice for anyone listening who is thinking about being a teacher but maybe thinking oh I'm so scared of standing up in front of a class of teenagers or I'm so scared of public speaking you are definitely not expected to be like a teacher just individually presenting and taking over the class straight away you work up to it and you have so many avenues of support to to get you through yeah exactly and so how did you manage study while on placement and then also like a social life and work outside of uni how do you balance everything yeah it's definitely quite busy especially at the start um so at Melbourne in the master's course we do a few weeks of just classes at uni but then we start going to placement two days a week so that was probably the most hectic time I found because you're balancing going to class three days a week going to placement two days a week plus your assignments um, and then any other commitments that you have um so it's very busy and I would say definitely get a diary (laughs) um to help with all of that but it's also just I think about like thinking about in advance what your time commitments are going to be and that sort of thing like obviously in terms of jobs it's everyone's in a different situation and it's good like I was very lucky to live at home at the time so I didn't need to necessarily work a huge amount but like that being said I've heard of people that work like hours and hours during the week and they still get their work done it's just about kind of like time management as well because that's the thing with masters like a lot of people have you know for example come back to masters after having a different career for years um they might have a family as well to look after so everyone's at different stages and it's good because you can sort of work around when you want to get your work done um around your commitments but a really popular job in our course at least is tutoring which is good because it's quite flexible that's what I was going to say I was going to ask is there any other way that we can either gain experience in the classroom or like perfect our craft yeah for sure so tutoring definitely which I know you do as well yep um is a really good way to see how you go with teaching and it's actually really good when you are applying for teaching jobs as well um to speak about tutoring experience because that's experience you have working with students individually and differentiating content for them um so it's valuable experience for teaching and also for you like to see if you like it um if you play sport or something like for me I started off dance teaching um because I was dancing at the time so see if there's an opportunity for you to take a class like I started off being an assistant teacher so when I was about 
15, um, I moved to a new dance school because I had some time off dancing. And the teacher said, oh, you know, would you like to help me teach like the junior type class? And I was like, yeah. So I'd work in small groups with them. Um, And obviously, like, it's really helpful for the teacher as well because you're going to have people at all different levels, like dancing. Like someone could have been dancing since they were three or they could have started like two weeks ago. So everyone's at different levels and stuff. So, um, yeah, it's a good way to get experience too. And I think as well, just like researching what the profession's like, like I think we're lucky to have, you know, like we have social media, you can really see an insight, like look in, like go on YouTube, type in day in the life of a teacher, so much will come up. Um, and, on- and be like, sorry to interrupt, no, but be it. specific, go like day in the life of a secondary school teacher, Victoria, yeah. or day in the life of early childhood educator or whatever you're interested in, because mm. so many people out there showcase their lives on Instagram and I'm sure this is what you're going to talk about next yeah (laughs) yeah Instagram too is really good for seeing what it's like um like lots of different Instagram accounts you can follow to get an insight into what teaching's like um and also speaking to people like I have lots of friends that are teachers actually don't really know many high school teachers but I knew a lot of primary teachers and so you can kind of speak with them about like what it's like and that sort of thing too so that's really useful And also just like most unis have on their like website, like a current students page or like an interview with current students and they talk a bit about the course. Absolutely. And so the next stage where you finish your degree, obviously you've applied for jobs and you want to be in a classroom. Are there any other jobs not in a classroom once you finish your master's degree? Yeah, for sure. So of course, like there is a job having as like, a teacher like you have your own class but then you could also do which this isn't a classroom it's a bit different but you could do relief teaching work um so you could start off by doing that which is on a casual basis um then there's also lots of different avenues like I know that our course has like a research pathway so some people they do the masters but they don't necessarily be a teacher they go and study teaching and education and they might work at a university for example um so yeah I think it's really just about like where you can use your knowledge like you might even work for like the department of education for example um so that's another thing like even if you're doing your course and you're like I'm not sure I want to be a teacher in a classroom there's so many different avenues where you can go as well absolutely and that's good to know that you're not really just defined to okay you have to be in the classroom you never know you might jump into leadership maybe not in your first year but like a leadership role second third fourth year out yeah exactly Definitely. And last thing that I ask everyone, what's something that you wish you knew when you were in year 11 and year 12? Yeah. Hmm. I would say probably like, I guess the best approach is just to do the best you can and not necessarily focus on outcomes, just focus on how you feel afterwards. So thinking like, as long as you're happy with what you've done and you've done the best you can, like there's always more to learn. And this kind of applies to like school, like BCE, but also life, you know, like I feel like sometimes, especially when you're like a teenager, it's like you want to be perfect at everything. Um, and it's kind of a bit stressful, but I think that it's really important to just, I guess, focus on growth, not so much as like results. Like instead of seeing life as a series of outcomes like this result this result this result just see it as you continuing to grow as a person continuing to learn and this has sounded way more philosophical than I was intending no, but right, like, I'm <laughs> loving it this is perfect <laughs> yeah I guess just see like that because you know at the end of the day like um you know it's not gonna if something doesn't go your way like you probably won't even remember it like five years down the track even though at the time you're like really annoyed 
even though I'm still like a little bit annoyed about losing like one mark on a psychology sack at school. But anyway, <laughs> I can laugh about it now. Whereas at the time I was really annoyed, but like, yeah, you can, I think it's just about kind of building on yourself and not really worrying about what other people are doing, just focusing on yourself and your growth. And as long as you're constantly trying to better yourself each day, like you can't really go wrong. And like life would be a bit boring if you didn't make mistakes or if, you know, sometimes, you know, like school-wise, you don't get the mark you want or whatever. But then when you do get the mark you want, like you can celebrate it more. So, yeah. Absolutely. Well, I have nothing more to add because that was just a perfect way to sum up this awesome chat. Um, and I love the philosophical end to this. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Now, if anyone wants to find you, I'm just going to give Bella a bit of a shout out because she has her own teaching, like, so there's this whole world of teacher grams. So she has an Instagram page dedicated to teaching where she posts pretty much her life, the behind the scenes. It is awesome. So if you are thinking about becoming a teacher, or even if you're not thinking about becoming a teacher, you should definitely follow her because it really gives a great insight to like the profession and to what you do. Oh, thank you. Um, So can you tell us where to find it? Yeah, sure. So on Instagram, my handle is at a underscore teaching underscore journey. Cool. So that's my username. Perfect. And if you have any like other university questions, whether that's about arts or even teaching, you can also find Bella on LinkedIn, which I'll link in our um, show notes as well. Thank you. And yeah, I'm like, I'm happy for you. If you had a question, like, and you wanted to send me a message on Instagram or LinkedIn or something, like I'm happy for people to do that. So yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks, Bella. Thanks for having me. Bye. If you like this episode of The Student Space, you can find us on Instagram at the.studentspace and it's just The Student Space on Facebook and LinkedIn. Also, if you have any requests for podcast episodes in the future, do reach out to us on Instagram DM and I'll make that happen. If you'd like to support us further, follow us on Spotify or subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Alternatively, I would love for you to leave a review. Thanks everyone. Bye.